Welcome to Graduate Compass, the podcast for graduates who haven't quite figured out what their next step is going to be. Cormac, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know what to call this episode at the time we're recording it because your career has in one way stayed in the same field, but on the other way has been so diverse and so uh, I suppose varied in multiple different ways. My first question to you is, what do you think it should be called? <laughs> uh, zigzag. <laughs> uh, it's so, yeah, it's it's a hard one. I think uh, Jack of all trades, master of none is probably the, the way I would go. I, I, dis- I disagree with that one because it, it's 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 such an it's such an interesting so let, let, let's give the listeners a bit of a starting point what did you go originally to study in college and in kind of in a couple of sentences what are you doing now well so starting out um i went into computer science in uh, dit in dublin uh, now tud technical university of dublin but um the original plan was to come out and make games um but within that I ended up uh, even changing multiple times during that uh, course. So now I uh, I run a freelance business um, slash consultancy uh, doing software development for startups and other agencies. And, 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 you know, you can see even in that first couple of sentences there, there's obviously a massive drive towards IT and a love of IT. I mean, you said in a text to me before we started the, the call that it could be called uh, once a nerd, always a nerd. <laughs> I, I did love um but it, it's it has obviously been a love of it or it related stuff for a long time was that was that something that started kind of when you were when you were very young or just as you kind of came towards finishing school and had to think about the future you, you know it's so funny because looking back i only really realized how much technology was a big part of my life because i, I grew up quite rural i grew up in a town that might have had like 30 people. And I think my family were for it. Like we were the really rural in East Cork. And um, it ended up being a case whereby we didn't have internet, but yeah, technology was always an element of, of that. And I think even startups in, in a weird way, looking back was always an element of that. So I don't think I could have predicted. I found, uh, I was home uh, over Christmas and I found a letter from my first class teacher as I was going into second class. And it was a, uh, you know, Cormac is talkative and, you know, we really enjoyed him and we missed, especially for his computer skills. And it's one of those things where I wouldn't have even looked back and said, like, particularly because the people that I hang around with, the guys I went to college with and everything are super nerds so <laughs> to them <laughs> to them i'm the jock you know i'm the guy who <laughs> doesn't you know know anything about technology yet uh you know to other people i some kind of super nerd myself well I, I promise you if you put the two of us in a room and someone had had an it question they would not be asking me so i, I think you're, <laughs> you're fairly safe oh, you're not too bad you're not too bad you're not too bad at all <laughs> you're very kind okay so tell, tell us uh, you, you you're in college you want to do games design there's kind of question marks about that did you move course did you stay in the same course what happened no so I stayed the same course um uh, initially like so initially my, my plan is to do medicine and it was only kind of a last minute thing whereby I ended up changing to computer science and, and games and the sort of inspiration for that at the time was my brother-in-law had he had done a, a pretty 
drastic change of, you know, theater set design to game design. And I was in parallel looking at him and he was working on a, a game called Angry Birds, which is really popular on mobile phones at the time. And I was like, wow, I, for, I forgot that that's even a possibility for me. And games had been a huge part of my life. Um, I had a, a, a little column in the newspaper uh, writing about games, um, but that was kind of one of those things where I was like, okay, I can actually go and make these. Went into a degree in DIT for computer science, but the thing that they did so differently to other computer science degrees was they actually had a focus on games development and building games, and they had relationships with um, games companies. So I was thinking, okay, this is going to be the way for me to go. But I suppose within that, I kind of lost track of what it was that I enjoyed about games, which was the creative element, the, the fun, the storytelling. And one of the things I don't tell you is that there's not a lot of storytelling when writing code. <laughs> it's basically, you know, building something functional and that's it, you know? So I think in second year of college, I ended up doing this thing called a uh, uh, startup weekend and it's rebranded a couple of times the time it was a google thing and now it's Techstars, which are an accelerator for startups in the uk but within that i ended up realizing oh i can use technology to build anything that i want it doesn't just have to be games i can actually build anything that i've ever dreamt or thought of so that's where computer science really started to click for me because it was a creative outlet it, it, it's interesting. Well, two things. I'm going to interject here very quickly and say that it depresses me that we need to explain what Angry Birds is, and it just I think, <laughs> shows shows our age just a little bit. But anyway, uh, m moving on. That must have been a really empowering feeling to to kind of have that realization to think, you know what, I I have the the skill set here to build whatever it is needs to be built. It blew my mind. Uh, like to be honest, it was one of those things where you can feel you know, so trapped in a career. But I think one thing about computer science that was the biggest takeaway from that degree for me was I can literally make anything that I want. I can do anything, whether it's hardware to building, you know, a technical device or it's software and digital and something that's distributed in everyone's pocket. You know, it's, it's amazing the breadth of creativity that you get with something like a computer science degree. That said, it's not for all creatives. It's a very complex degree and it discourages a lot of people that go in thinking that they're, you know, I, I'm okay with math. I can do this. It's like, no, that's not what this is at all. It's, you know, it's logic. It's thinking, um, you know, being really careful about what you're doing and, you know, really exploring all eventualities is software. So um, I think that's one of those things where it can be, the most creative tool to some people, but it can be so limiting to other people because it's such a massive undertaking as well to learn all these different elements. And obviously for you, it was, you know, the, the former, it was, it was hugely uh, encouraging. It gave you a lot of strength. So when you were kind of coming but towards the end. Definitely, definitely not to start with. That's the thing I'll say. Like when I, when I started computer science, I was definitely feeling an initial, oh my God, what am I doing this for? This is just math. And like, I was a math geek in school. I enjoyed it. I did physics and like all sciences and math. I did applied math. I did all these different things. I got into college. I was like, what am I doing here? But it was in second year, my lecturer at the time, they put an assignment out. This is sort of the first initial thing. And it was create something that inspires you, which is a really broad topic, especially with, with code, you know, but 
it was one of those things where I think for everyone, it kind of clicked of, oh, I can use this as something to build things versus I'm being told to build a thing and I will now go and build it. Like, I assume then if that's happening the kind of middle of second year, you then have this period of kind of an, almost like an incubation period, uh, if you will, where you're not, you haven't been left out in the real world yet, but that confidence is growing and growing and growing. Mm-hmm. And if that was the case, what was those, what were the initial kind of weeks and months after you finished university or college like? After college. So at that stage, I'd kind of already been, I'd kind of been in the trenches a bit. I'd, I'd done an internship with uh, SAP, um, which had been good practical enterprise experience. But I knew at that stage that, that wasn't going to be definitely for me. I needed to be more hands-on and more different elements. Um, but after college, I ended up in a startup because I'd been in that space a little bit of while. I've been trying to get involved as much as possible after that startup weekend. And I think it's only once you're put into an environment where you're not given a direct you know, job description, that your job description is go and be creative and go and get involved in as many different areas as possible, the more you'll grow. And I think that was the best, one of the best periods of my life, having, you know, been given this incredible toolkit of creativity and then being told, okay, now go out into the world and do what you can with it. It's interesting though, because, you know, you talk about getting a job um, in a startup where you, where you interpreted the instructions to have a map to be, I suppose, freeing that you had, you know, the autonomy and the the ability to go and kind of create and, and explore the areas you needed to create. And it, you, it sounds like that was a very positive thing, but there's so many people who go into those jobs and who, who cannot do that, who need that direction, need that explicit, you need to do X, Y, and Z. So even at this stage, it does sound like the entrepreneurial side of you was was forming. Was it something you were thinking about yourself or were you just happy, you know, playing your part in the startup? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I definitely. <laughs> the entrepreneur thing has always been there. And I think it's one of those things whereby, um, yeah, I've always wanted more control rather than less control to, to my own detriment. <laughs> I take on more things than I, I should. But um, it's definitely one of those things where I, I've, I have found that even within enterprise, it was one of those things where if you put someone who is quite entrepreneurial minded into an environment that whereby they're limited in what they can do, they'll even try and find ways to, to work around that. So like within the context of enterprise job like SAP, I was trying to do volunteer work on the side, working with like corporate social responsibility or organizing events. I organized a, a like a chess event, even like it just it's one of those things where you people like myself, the minds that we have, we're we need to keep them busy and occupied. Um, so a startup is a is a great environment for that because there's so many things that need to get tackled that if you're a high energy young person who's entrepreneurial minded, you're gonna want to tackle all of them. And and so for, for you, like I'm imagining at, at this point, I mean, you're kind of what, in your early 20s, you're fresh out of college, you're, you're doing the startup job. Was life literally just work? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I loved it. And I think that's one of the things where if you like, you know, you, sh- you should get paid for the work you do and startups, especially in early stage startups, a lot of the time they don't pay very well. What they do pay for is experience and fun. Like there's a little, so much learning that you can take away from something like that. But for me, 
like uh, at one point I remember like I would leave an office at like nine and I'd be in for nine every day and that was just because you know the we were small team and you know things were hectic and we were trying to build lots of different things and I enjoyed it I wanted to be there I wanted to be working on this thing so and I cared about what we were building at the time and I wanted to contribute as much as possible and it sounds like you were really kind of living in the moment. Was there any kind of thought to the future or where you wanted to go or kind of long-term ambitions or was it just so I suppose time, or so time consuming that you, you didn't have anything else but that present moment? I, I think the thought was that I was always going to go and build a startup. And like I, when I say that, I mean like traditional startup versus like a, a business. But when you think of startup nowadays and kind of thing, it's something that's going to you know, raise investment and, and, you know, be acquired or, or bought out or IPO. And like, I wasn't, I was never thinking like, I'm going to build like a little small thing. I was always thinking like, I'm going to be the next, you know, <laughs> big shot billionaire, you know? So I think it was one of those things where I was looking at all this and, and working on all these different things, trying to get as much experience in as many different areas as possible. But ultimately I delusions of grandeur. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I admire the ambition. I mean, I mean, and like you, you, you've had a, you, like, I mean, you're still young. You've had a fantastic career to date, and you know, we'll into more of that in a second. So, I mean, I can totally understand why that confidence might uh, be hard to contain. Let's say, if you know, especially if you've got some really big kind of early successes, which it sounds like you did, and you had the skill set to back it up. It, you know, I can totally understand where that would come from. So, when when you were you know, you're working for the startup. How long did you end up there? Uh, a year, a year, and then burnout. So that was the point at which there was there was uh, no return. And also, there was an element of I'd felt like I had outgrown it in a weird way, right? I th I'd felt like I'd taken. I feel like when you're in an, a new environment, there's a, there's a learning period and then there's a growth period. And then there's kind of a plateau that you can hit within um, whereby there's not a lot of opportunity for further growth. And you're kind of, you've kind of feel as though you've learned as much as you can within that environment as well. And I had both of those, but paired with the fact that I had been working nine till nine for the guts of a year and even within that as well like there was you know an associated startup life outside of that which the thing with startups is it's networking it's going out to startup events and going to a thing like i ended up eating a lot of dinners that were you know <laughs> pizzas and, and all these different starter starters and things that people would have at events because that was where you were you know that's where you you didn't get a chance to go home for dinner you were just brought to an event or to do this um, so I think after a year of that, I was ready to like reset entirely. And I ended up, um, ended up moving home for a couple of months. And that was kind of a point where I'd been so involved, so social, networking all the time, working on all these different things, but completely neglected any time to, I don't know, relax or, you know, unwind. And when you were in that phase, then was it? Did it go from one extreme to the other, where you were you were working all the time to just like needing that time to recover, or were you still kind of keeping yourself occupied with your kind of side projects and your own kind of 
interests? No, I, I went I went completely like <laughs> cold turkey almost in the sense where, you know, I, I, I moved home with my family to a home and I didn't have internet. I, you know, I, my, I wasn't online even. I was just completely remote um, down by a beach going for walks. And it was one of those things where I felt at the time like one very fortunate to have that opportunity like you know my folks and everything like were so supportive of me doing that because I think they'd seen how hard I'd been working and they were like oh god <laughs> we need to rein him in a bit here but I ended up um, like really using that time to kind of think about what I enjoyed about that life and what I didn't enjoy about that life and I think um I ended up rereading a book and I've read this book almost like once a year for, you know, the last like 10 years at this stage, but it's called the four hour work week. It's a Tim Ferriss book. Um, but in that I kind of fell in love again with what I like about startups and businesses. And I ended up even without, um, internet starting to code again. <laughs> and it was one of those things where like, Oh, I like this. I like the creativity. And then that sort of spiraled into, oh, let me see about just coding up a, a website for myself. And then it's it grew and grew and grew until the point where I was like, let me get back to this. Let me get back to doing what I enjoy. I have the experience now. I have the credibility. Let's start working with some businesses that I choose to work with. So that's when I started my company. I'm not even going to go there to, to ask how you can start coding without the internet. That goes beyond my my mental capacity so I'm going to skip past that one and I, but I'm going to quickly just say for those of you who haven't read for our work week it, it, I don't think I've ever experienced such synchronicity in someone's book uh, book reading um compared to their life story because that is effectively the, what the book is about with Tim Ferriss Tim Ferriss and how he he uh, pushes on from that so I, I just thought that was really interesting but my actual question to you is right when you you're when you're going to the the starting up your own business what I suppose just what happened yeah I'll, I'll take it from there um <laughs> a lot so it started I, I started my company in in Wexford I was li living in Wexford my family home in Wexford at that time and um I you know started by you know reaching out to there's a like local enterprise office and I was like saying okay like if I'd started up a company never done this before what do I need to do they provided me with some guidance and, you know, some tips and had to submit like business plans. They're like, this is, you know, some things you can work on and do that. And, um, but it started out being like, okay, look, time to get clients. <laughs> so I, uh, I did what I, I'd seen in movies and what I'd seen in, uh, you know, um, you know, all, all these stories that I'd read of, I just started doing cold calls and, I basically got the the yellow pages for for Wexford, and I looked at all these businesses in Wexford that were retail shops and everything. And I was calling them, saying like, "Hey, you know, <laughs> you don't know me, but can I build you a website?" And no joke, I think I did fifty of these calls in a row, and I had like written out a script and everything, and every single one of them said no, and I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm doomed. <laughs> I have no." There's, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do this. Um, and, you know, really the doubt started to creep in. I was like, oh, God. But then what I ended up doing was I was still pretty connected with the startup scene in Dublin, even though I'd been away from that for a good period of time at this point. 
So I went to, there was a business uh, event, like an expo. Um, and I managed to like talk my way into getting a ticket to this expo. And they were saying like, okay, like at this point, I didn't have any, hardly any money because I've been working in a startup and I've, you know, used all my money to just even register the business in the first place. Um, and then I, I, I said, um, I don't have any money. I'm just built a company, but I want to uh, exhibit at your expo. And they were like, look, we'll waive the fee of the, the ticket to the expo, but you need a, a stand like a, one of these like pull, you know, the, these kind of drawer stands that you see with the the print and stuff on them. So I was like, okay. And so I looked at and managed to get that. That was literally the last of my my money <laughs> at that point that I, that I had to, to kind of put into my business. I was like, okay, well, last ditch effort, did that, went to that event. And basically I created a, a, a competition where I said, okay, I'm going to give away a website for free. I'm going to do one website for free because I didn't have much of a portfolio at this stage either. So I wanted to build up a kind of a company portfolio. So I'm going to give away a website for free, but you need to, you know, share this on Twitter, uh, give me your email address and do all these different things to try and promote it. Right. And then within that, I contacted everyone I knew in Dublin, every startup had everything. I was like, please, for the love of God, share this. I'm trying to promote this thing. And within that, I ended up trending and getting, um, to the top of the Wexford, you know, event that we were at um, for this, you know, free website thing. But it was only kind of looking back, I was like, ah, that's why that worked, was these were people who wanted a website that were trying to, to contact me. So I built up this list of people that actually wanted my services, free or not, that like, you know, a lot of them wanted it for free, but still a lot of these people wanted a website. So once I, you know, kind of, we picked out a winner, I was able to go, okay, well, yeah, I've got one, you know, portfolio piece out of this, but also now I've got a ton of leads that I can actually pursue. So that was kind of the first run of, of clients for me. And then from there it, it took off. And, and I mean, with, with, was there kind of, I suppose a backlog then of kind of like not only leads, but then work. Yeah. And this is kind of the thing that's been incredible about, my business to date is that's the only ad I've ever posted. <laughs> I've never posted another ad. I've never asked for more work ever. Like since it's, it's literally been a case of referral, 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 referral. And it's it just, once you do something well and you care and you put in the effort, it starts to spiral because you, be, you build a reputation by being the guy who's there, but being the guy who's going to do good work and for a good price. It didn't really, I didn't have to put as much effort into all this marketing that I thought I was going to have to do, like this consistent marketing. And like the thing I was looking at was all these other agencies and things that were tweeting, you know, in, into nothing. They were just putting tweets out into space and putting all this energy into nothing. Whereas my clients, I have a client who's come back four times, <laughs> you know what I mean? For four different projects. So it's one of those things where it, it if you do the thing right the first time, it can really snowball from there. At any point to this, because I'm, I'm in no way doubting your your, your skill set and your capabilities, but at any, any point, is, is was there any kind of imposter syndrome where you kind of feel like this can't really be happening? Always, every, every day. Every day is imposter syndrome. But I think you're not, if you're not feeling that, you're not really going to grow, right? So every every time I've been faced with that doubt, it's usually a case of, oh, 
I'm, 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 I'm stretching here. I'm trying to do something a little bit higher, but the thing that I've always backed myself is to, to grow into that and to, to give it my best and to, to allow myself. Yeah. I might not know it to start with, but I'll get there and I'll, I'll learn it and I'll, I'll prove them that I, that I can do this thing. And I think that mentality even is probably where, again, you know, those referrals and that, you know, consistent client base comes from is because they know that I'm going to do everything that I can. And it, I kind of want to just push forward a bit, in, a bit in the timeline. So you, so you're at this a while, things start to develop. You've, you've, you, you did mention to me that you, you, you had kind of a, was it a consultant client in the US at one point or that was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So within, within a few months of working um, and doing, you know, this setting up the company, I think it was, God, it was nearly three years ago at this point. Um, I ended up working with a um, startup out of New Jersey. And uh, they, they had approached, uh, a recruiter had approached me, but at the time they were looking for contractors. And at the time I was going like, okay, like I, I want more inbound work that's, you know, steady and um, that I'm not having to do client after client after client that I have kind of one bread and butter client for a while. Now, I never imagined that it was going to be working with them as long as I did. But, you know, I think that's just what happens is you get involved with something that you're interested in, care about, and you just kind of stick around. And uh, one thing I didn't know until today was that you mentioned that you, you actually, it wasn't just you in the business for a while, you actually had employees as well. How did that go? Yeah, that's like, so I had basically two guys that came on as interns. So one of them uh, was a guy who'd been in college with me and he ended up joining and that went well, but that's, that's really tricky as well because, you know, it's, he was a friend first. And I think one of the things that I found incredibly difficult was drawing the line between a friend and an employee. Um, that, that was quite challenging, to be honest. Um, and I think it's something that that was my first time really being responsible for someone other than myself. Um, even like even going back to college, like within, you know, team projects and things. I would either, you know, <laughs> I would end up nearly kind of ending up on a team whereby I would kind of isolate off myself and, and do a lot of the stuff myself. And I think I, I was, wasn't really a team person. Um, and then, you know, you bring in a friend and you uh, expect to delegate work and do that stuff. And I didn't really do that. And I think I did it badly. And I, uh, there was a lot of, a lot of learning within that. So the second time came around where a guy again basically needed work experience as part of his course and brought him on and that went so smoothly in comparison because i i didn't know the guy initially but i'd also learned to establish the boundaries of employee versus um friend initially and i think particularly small companies that's you know almost the opposite what they want to do is they want to establish like your family you're, you know, you know, we're all family here. We all do that. But that's, it's a weird psychology that people use that to get more out of people and, you know, for less. Whereas I wanted people to grow and do better in their thing and, and be able to move on if they need be. It has to be, 
you know, you're helping me deliver this and I'm helping you get better. Otherwise it's not really worth it for anybody. And I think this, this is a really uh, important point to emphasize just for anyone listening, that if you, if you ever go to a company and they, they say, oh, we're a family here, it, it, that is it, a, not a definite sign, but definitely a warning sign that you're going into a toxic environment because it should not be that way. It should be a professional environment. And um, you're the first person to say that on the podcast. And it's, I'm really glad you did because I think it's a really important point that people need to hear from, from, from people who come on the show. So I'm, I'm really interested now because like the last while i know you took a little bit of a break and you kind of uh you're you went um abroad and now you're you're back and you're kind of trying to get back into the swing of things again seems to be my <laughs> my approach well, i was just gonna say work that. really hard burn out <laughs> take a break come back and come back harder it's weird well, i was wondering is 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 i suppose my question is is that the cycle where you, you get to the point where you're burning out or is it just a, a point now where you recognize that's your cycle and that you do need to take a break every so often but you can manage it it's it's a it's a combination right i think right now right it's i'm seeing it already again happen because one of the things that now we're all working from home and there's this new environment is the there's a weird line that's getting crossed which is work time and home time and you're like how do i divide my hours because I'm still in my office right now, technically, you know what I mean? So I think one of the things that I'm trying to navigate right now is the cutoff hour. And it's something that that's the biggest learning for me is that I extend my day into night working. And that's the biggest place that I can claw back time for myself so that I don't have burnout. But it's really hard when you are passionate and you care about these things because you want to spend time on them. That's 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 the hardest part is to draw that line. So, uh, to be honest, uh, it's it's an it's a battle for me. It's something that I'm continuing to kind of figure out as I go. But um, it's a battle between feeling tired but enjoying what you do. So I don't know. I'll have to figure that one out and get back to you on that. And and as well, those things you know. Not everyone's got everything figured out. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there's. Yeah. I think the one thing people don't talk enough about is that career journeys end up making you grow as a person because it makes you realize your strengths, but also your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And like every single person who's listening to this will have a weakness and something that they need to work on and improve on. And it, it's just going different for different people, I suppose. And I just, I, I, just kind of... I think we're aware of it, and I think you know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely aware of that in myself that I get carried away and that I want to keep working. I want to keep working on all these things. And I take on the other thing is that because I'm, you know, creative minded, and this is the, the detriment of being a creative person is you want to work on so many different things. Like I have a backlog of tasks that, you know, I'm watching, you know, get longer versus, you know, get solved. And that's just, that's the, the peril. So there's not enough hours in the day, particularly when you have the skills to build this stuff because you have to go, okay, well, which one do I want to actually work on? Yeah, no, I I totally get that. One book that totally changed my life was um, uh, Grit by Dr. Angela Duckworth because she talks about, if I remember correctly, and it's been a while since I read it, about the, the idea of finishing something. And, that, you know, very like yourself, I, I, I always had those kind of several different projects on the go and it made me realize, no, I've got to focus on one and just just the rest need to go to hell for, for now. And it's a very, very difficult thing to do when you, you're someone who has ideas and you want to push. And I'm sure a lot of people listening will, will be in the same boat as that. 
have um, to give that a read. The, the, just one other point on that, though, as well, is it, the other element as well is knowing when to draw the line on something. So, you know, knowing when enough is enough on a thing and being able to be confident and say, that's enough, I can put that out there into the world right now. Because I've worked on projects that just keep growing legs and keep growing legs and keep growing legs. And it's one of those things where sometimes getting a thing out there is what you need in order to have the motivation to continue it and, and, and you know, continue working on it is not to try and basically, you know, build Facebook overnight, but rather build an element and then contribute to that and grow and grow and grow. So that's, that's one other piece I would say is just focus on what's the littlest bit here that I can do to, you know, solve my problem or, you know, put this thing out into the world and then grow from there. I think you may, uh, I don't know, been subconsciously reading my mind because my next question was about asking you what your advice was for anyone listening. And you've already touched on on, the, on that advice. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that before we come to the end? Um, I'm not sure. Um, I think, you know, uh, it, it's hard to say because it's such a, you know, it, it's, it's an ever-changing, <laughs> uh, like, you know, role that I find myself in. So it's hard to kind of give any one piece of advice. I think the one thing I'll say is try and find something that you enjoy doing and that you're willing to work long hours for, something that you feel motivated to continue working on, but try and find something as well that's not going <laughs> to consume your life and pull you down a, a rabbit hole either. But, you know, find something that you really enjoy doing um and you know they say the, what's that saying that you know do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life you will work a day in your life you'll work long hours but it'll be worth it and you'll enjoy it so, so do it i love that i love that i'm i'm, I'm gonna be honest right to end then today's show I, I want to uh end on what we started our actual phone call with before we started recording which is you probably had the best flex of any guest i've ever had <laughs> on the show so far and I wanted to share that that's okay with you to, before we, we go so me, me and Cormac are currently having a chat on one of the video platforms his camera wasn't on and he apologized to me because he built the computer from scratch but hadn't got around to building the the, uh, the camera yet so I I, I it, it is the best flex I've heard so far <laughs> and now in the show um, and uh, thank you so much for joining us today I really appreciate it really appreciate it thanks thanks for having me and thanks so much to you for listening. As always, if you want to help this show grow and develop and expand its reaches, it'd be very much appreciated if you could either share an episode or like and support the uh, show on one of the three podcasts, uh, one of the three platforms we have at the moment, which is Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, because I'm super cool. And uh, in the meantime, uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll speak to you next week. I'm Kim Sullivan. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Graduate Compass. Remember, if there is a degree subject or specific industry you would like to be featured on any future episodes, then we would love to hear from you and know what you are trying to find out. Our email is info at graduatecompass.ie.